listening to First Church Charlotte. are these kids I see you fancy you fancy people on the front row I just want you to know I think you're awesome too we love our kids here we have an amazing team of teachers of parents uh, believers who volunteer to pour themselves into all these kids let's give the first team the first kids team a hand right now thank you for your time Uh, they very much make church uh, experience that these kids at their various ages can be a part of and to enjoy. Uh, we have invested a lot this year in making the next step, the next chapter of First Kids, uh, the best it's ever been. Uh, we're going to have a grand reveal here in just a few weeks, actually less than that, of the new kids' church space that we have created next door. It is, we have spent a lot of money to make their church service as good as our church service. That's what we're going for. There will still be some small, smaller settings where it's more of a classroom feel, but what we're really wanting them to have is them to think, uh, so, so our goal as a church, when I, I come to church, when you come to church, we want you to think, man, that was great church. That was good stuff. It, it, uh, worship, praise, it, it, fit, it was good. It felt good. That's what we want you to feel like. Well, we want them to feel that way too. And so uh, we're trying to, we've spent a, a lot of money uh, to redo a whole, a whole room and make it better. They're getting their own specialized sound system. They're getting their own lights. They're getting their own projectors. They've got everything super, super cool. And the reason why you're getting it is because I am the coolest pastor ever. And I'm going to prove it in here in just a moment. I'm going to prove it to all the little people. Be ready to be impressed. Be ready to say, oh my goodness, coolest pastor ever. Okay, you want to practice? Coolest pastor ever. You notice this paper? Don't believe that over here. That's all right. All right, so our goal with the very first prayer, our goal with the very first prayer was to remind you that you are who God says you are. Can all the church folks say amen? Now, you'll have a lot of different roles. Right now, you're students. You're first graders, fifth graders, 11th graders. Some of you are like me, and you're in the 11th grade for seven times. Not really, but I saw you laughing. You got that joke back there, a little clever sucker. That's all right. Um, I, I want you to know that you have roles, but your role is not your identity. Your roles come and go. Right now, you're students. And it's easy when you're a student to feel like you're not that important because, you know, mom or dad has to approve everything or the teacher has to approve everything, et cetera, et cetera. And it's easy to forget that more than a stage of your life, like more than first grade, more than fifth grade, you are a child of God. Say it with me. I am a child of God. 
This is why I need all of you to remember this, is sometime in this school year, you may not feel like you're a child of God. You may feel like you're a fraidy cat. <laughs> yeah, nobody's excited about being a fraidy cat. You may feel like you're all alone. You may feel like you don't have any friends. You may even feel like you're not in the cool club. But I want you to know, Pastor Nate has his own cool club. And you are in Pastor Nate's cool club. And Pastor Nate's cool club is the coolest of all the cool clubs. I'm going to prove it to all of you today, all of our kids. We have, when you leave here today, we have gift bags for you. And we have ice cream sandwiches. So I want all of you to know, coolest kids are first church kids. All right. So the second thing we did was we wanted you to remember that your protection is of the Lord. Now, we want to be smart. We want to obey teachers. We want to obey parents. We don't want to meet up with strangers on the Internet, older kids. I will yank a knot in that stranger's head, just so you know. I will choke them on every corner of this town. No mean strangers. We're not going to act crazy and then blame God when something bad happens, okay? But at the end of the day, God is our protection. God is the one who will take care of us. And I want you, whenever you feel that sense that I'm not enough, this song was sung for you here today. You're enough because God says you're enough. You have value because God says you have value. Sometimes the world will say you don't have value. Sometimes your own fears will say you don't have value. Sometimes you'll be in a, a little group of kids that think it's fun to hurt one another by insulting one another. There's a name for those groups. It's called middle school. But I want you to know this is the word of blessing in your life today. Middle school only lasts a couple years. And then there's a small improvement, and then three more years, and then there's a large improvement, okay? Um, so uh, I want you all to know that you have your place in God, and you are going to be protected by God. So who's going to protect us? God is going to protect us. All right, so now it's my turn. Those were the two, and my goal here today is to remind all of you that whether or not you think about it very much or whether or not you, you spend a lot of time, uh, as it were, thinking of yourself that way, God has a purpose for your life. So right now, you're little or you're young, okay? And you can think, well, God, you know, I don't know what could be happening in my life. I'm just a kiddo. Well, I'm 50 years old and I still feel like I'm just a kiddo. I mean, when I had my first kid, which is that big dude over there, um, my, my wife and I brought him home, and we sat down and we looked at each other, and we were like, who let us bring this baby home to our house? There should be like an agency that made sure we know what to do with babies. Because we don't, my wife's like, you are a baby. I'm like, exactly. And so I got down on the floor and started slobbering right there with him. That's how I do. Um, so I want you to see, um, it's easy not to think of yourself that way, but I want all of you to know you are becoming very important boys and girls in the kingdom of God. God believes in you so much that he 
has entrusted a whole generation to you, to your prayer, to your testimony. What does God love more than people? Nothing. Nothing. He died for people. He didn't die for gold. He can, he's got asteroids with more gold floating around in the asteroid belt than exist on planet Earth. And he's like, yawn, but he loved you so much. And he is going to show you how much he believes in you and trusts you, that he is going to let you represent what he has done, his mercy, his love, his grace. He's, he believes in you that much. So whenever you feel like that you, you're just young and you're small and blah, 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 I understand. I've been young. I've been small. I want you to know God is, God is invested in you. You are God's project, not in a bad way, but in a good way, all right? And so I want you to be challenged in your heart and in your spirit that God has commitment to you in spite of imperfection. Now, remember we talked about Joe. We call him Joe for short for Joseph because you all know the story of Joseph. Don't act like, oh, you didn't know that, Jackie. Holy moly. Somebody needs Jesus on the second row, but I'm not going to say who. So this story about Joe, short for Joseph. Joseph, he, he got into trouble very, very young. How many of you got into trouble young? Serious trouble right back here. Praise God. We got some honest people. I see Samuel. He's right now. That's me. Just take me now. Take me now. You're like your mama. That's what's wrong with you. All right. So here's the deal. Joseph got into a mess very, very early. Remember, uh, Cam said that he didn't come from a perfect family. Most of us come from really great families. I mean, uh, honestly, if, you, if your mom and dad work hard or your mom or your dad, whatever your family, they take care of you, they, they protect you, they buy you clothes, they feed you. You know you eat more than a hippopotamus and they feed you. you. You have a great family and we're thankful for that. But even if you came from a really crazy family like Joseph. God could, God is still in your life. God could still protect you. He's still invested in you. He's going to place the future of a whole generation in the hands of a little boy who was sold into slavery. That's how much God has invested in Joseph. He's going to trust a whole nation into the hands of a little kid who gets sold into slavery. What? And he comes from a crazy family. Now you think about that. I know you're thinking that Pastor Nate comes from a crazy family, and I, I want you to know you're, you're, you're correct. Pastor Nate does come from a crazy family. Not only that, sometimes I'm the, per, I'm the crazy in my family. Sometimes I get up, I run in my kid's room, and I say, quick, call 911. 911, there's a crazy person here. And my kid's like, what? I'm like, oh, never mind, it's just me. So... I want you to know God is committed to you and he is using everything that happens in your life to bring about good things. Not everything that happens in your life is good, but he's bringing about it all to bring about good things. And so what does Joseph do? Instead of getting mad or feeling sorry for himself, he decides to do the best right where he is. And that's how, remember Cam said, he went from being like a servant to be in charge of other people. So let me say it this way. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you can handle this. This might be too much for you to handle this, okay? He went from being a nobody to the boss baby. 
in charge. Can you see that? He went from being a nobody to say it with me. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. I told my little girl last night I was going to play boss baby in church, and her eyes got really big. And she's like, really, in church? They're going to let you do that? All right, enough fun. This is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to see. You kids will not forget this anytime soon, okay? So this is what I want you to see. Instead of assuming, watch this, that because some bad stuff had happened to him, that God wasn't on his side. He looked at the bad stuff and he said, I'm going to do the best I can do in spite of the bad stuff. And that's what God was looking for. And that's what God is looking for in all of our life. Nothing is perfect for everybody. Everybody has stuff. Everybody has difficulty. Everybody has that kind of stuff. And like Joseph... We say, I'm going to do the best where I am at. And this is what I want all you kids to know. School may not be your favorite thing, but if you'll do your best, you'll see how God uses it to turn you into something he can use. I want to convince you of this idea that God has a purpose for your life, okay? So my, my band can come up right now. I want to convince each one of you that God has... I don't care. That's, I'm the boss baby. So what I want you to see, all of you kids to see, I want you to see that even when you feel small, God has a purpose for your life, okay? So I'm going to say the first part, and I want you to say that as loud as you can, okay? We're going to do a practice. Even if you feel small, say it with me, God has a purpose for your life. We can do better than that. All the parents, I'd like you to add your voice of support to this. Okay, you ready? Even when you feel small, God has a purpose for your life. All right. Now, even when you are afraid, God has a purpose for your life. Even when you don't do good on a math test has a purpose for your life. Even when you forgot to do your social studies homework, God has a purpose for your life. Even when you have to stay after school and write a hundred times, I will not hit my friend with a stick. God has a purpose for your life. All of you kids need to believe this. I can't I, I don't want you to think in terms of a church is a bunch of rules. It's, it's, it's not, it, that, that misses it. That misses it. God has a purpose for your life. You are not too young to start praying now. You can pray. Now, now I don't want you to think church and prayer only works if it's real formal. Like, dear Father, here we are gathered in the house of the Lord. And to my right, I have the dearly beloved Pastor Don. And beside him is the barely saved Pastor Nathan. And behind him is the semi-backslid Sister Charla. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as we have gathered here in the glory of the brand new day, would you please bless us and gather us and give us this food we are about to consume and the ice cream after church. Amen. Prayer is not about how it sounds. 
Prayer is about a sincere desire to have God help you. You see? You see? It's just, just how many of you would like to have God help you? Okay, I'm going to ask it differently, and all of you are going to raise uh, all your hands, maybe one foot. Are you ready? How many of you would like God to help you on the dumb math tests? I can only do that with one foot in the air. I tried both feet, and it did not work out very well, okay? So I want you to see, prayer is not about, dearly beloved, as we gather. That's all fine if that's how you pray. But the important thing is you can just say, Lord, help me to do better. Help me to be courageous. Can I have an amen from all my parents? And so even if you don't feel like, you know, let me talk to some of the older kids. Even if you feel like maybe you're a fish out of water. Now, there's all kind of other things we could say, but middle school, I want you to know, in spite of everybody who thinks they're cool in middle school, everybody's a disaster, okay? <laughs> so don't overthink it. You're doing fine. Can the parents say amen? It's okay. Don't let an older kid make you think you're not enough. They can't pay the bills either. You see what I'm saying? Don't let an older grade kid make you feel like that you're a loser. They don't have a car either. Do you see what I'm saying? They're, they're in the same school taking the same dumb test you are. The tests aren't dumb to all my teachers gathered here in a most religious manner. Tests are necessary to prove the advancement of the individual and to rise to a new level of gloriousness. Yes, I get it. Don't, older kids, listen to me. Don't let another kid control how you feel about you. And when they try to make you feel like you're not enough, you're not smart enough, or you don't play the right sports, let me tell you a secret. I never played the sports very good. I was not sporty. And look how awesome I turned out. I want you to practice saying that. Okay, you ready? You're going to say it with me? I didn't play all the sports either. And look how awesome I turned out. Now, this is what I'm trying to say. And I'm having fun with this. But you guys know it's kids. So, And the parents are just glad I'm not dragging them through guilt swamp like I did the 9 a.m. service. But I, I want you all to know and I want you all to understand if you feel an older kid is making you feel like you're not enough, just decide they don't have permission to control how you feel about you. You see, here's the thing. We fall into bad habits where we don't, we don't really like a person more than we like ourselves, but we care about their opinion more than we care about our own. And we fall into these little traps, these little silly traps. And I'm telling you what, when you're older, it looks back and it feels silly. But when I was a little kid, man, it, it really, it really bothered me. I, it really bothered me. I want you to know that God is invested in you. It's not just your parents who are invested in you. It's not just first kids and the older students bold and uh, various. It, it's, it's, it's this church is invested in you. And even more important than this church, God is invested in you and can the church say amen so i'm going to pray over all of you i'd like you all my my kids to stand up again uh this will be our last prayer that we have here today i'd like all of our parents to extend a hand toward them um, all church let's all stand uh, we're going to pray uh, for our final prayer over our students uh, right now and I believe that God is going to be with them I believe that God is going to gift them his presence this year so church wherever you are right now would you 
Focus your mind and pray as an intercessor for uh, these young people, these uh, children. Lord Jesus, we are praying your help, your care, your love into each one of their hearts, oh God. I pray against the destroyer that comes only to destroy. I pray against the works of evil that try to find a way to harm. Lord Jesus, they are malevolent in their intent to harm. The forces of the enemy are always malevolent. They want to harm. But Lord Jesus, it is your care that provides us safe passage through the malevolence of our lives and the risks spiritually of our journey. Lord, would you let these kids know you are on their side? Would you let them feel your hand upon them so they can have a sense of purpose in their life? In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Let them be used for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name. And can the church say amen? Before you sit back down, would you put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated. Let me keep you for two more minutes. And then we're going to have the gift bags and the ice cream for the kids and the First Steps Expo across the parking lot. I want us to pray right now for Sister Venice, who is having some... Uh, heart arrhythmia and needs the touch of the Lord would you just pray for her she's next door Lord we're praying for your touch on her that her heart would find a stable beat and that whatever is the cause of that would be corrected and over time that body heal itself and correct this error in her in her heart in Jesus name we pray and we will testify of your healing power we will testify of your glory in Jesus name Amen. Amen. All right. Today is First Steps Expo. Our goal is to have every one of you involved in a small uh, group in our church. I want to say very quickly, small groups are not a fellowship gimmick. They are not a church growth gimmick. Small groups are about spiritual health. They're, they are the way to spiritual health. Remember, we have this command to connect with God. That is our vertical love, affection, to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But there's another commandment that is of the same caliber, and that is to love your brother as yourself, your sister as yourself, your neighbor as yourself. And so as a church, small groups are not a gimmick. They're not a church growth fad. They're the manner in which we live out the biblical commandments to one another, <laughs> to one another, to do one to another. And there are uh, many, many scriptures uh, in the Bible that very much are direct, directly about this one anothering. I, I want to uh, just real quickly, uh, I, I, there is in, um, I can give you this in your notes, but 59 places we're told to love one another, be at peace with one another, devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above ourselves, live in harmony one with another, love one another, stop passing judgment on one another, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. We're not going to start kissing, but in their society, that was a sign of public affection that would only happen between people of the same class. It would not happen master to servant. It would happen in that regard. And it's a sign of public affection. I don't think I'm better than you. Do you see? We have to see that. The goal is not to make a rule out of it. It is to understand what's going on. Four times in the Bible, 
uh, we're taught to greet one another with a holy kiss. That's how I met my wife. But anyway, <laughs> I want you to see the point is not to, to try to make a, a rule. The point is to understand the heart of it. Display affection, what is appropriate to your society. D display affection real authentic affection and on and on have equal concern for each other serve one another in love if you keep fighting and devouring each other you will be destroyed by each other don't be conceited provoking and envying each other carry each other's burdens be patient be kind be compassionate forgive one another speak to one another with psalms hymns and spiritual song psalms submit one another in humility consider others better than yourself smile at your neighbor and say you are better than me that was half-hearted, but that's all right. I'll preach next week about that. Encourage one another. Admonish one another. Are you getting the idea? Four times in the gospel, John writes, quoting Jesus, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. Then he writes the three epistles. You want to know how many times he says it in the three epistles? Seven times. Love one another, 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 love one another. Mm, just let the spirit take over love one another what am I trying to say we can get in the habit of coming to church and thinking that serving God is this vertical relationship where yes God did a lot for me and I'm about trying to be good enough for him to save me um, life change doesn't happen by you trying to be good enough to be to earn salvation life change happens when you connect with other people growth happens when you connect other people I, I'm going to prove this to you and then we're going to quit because I went over my two minutes, but I don't even care. Do you need me to play the Boss Baby song? I totally will play the Boss Baby song. Yes? Oh, we'll do it at the end, okay? All right, so this is what I want you to see. I should never ask because the church ninja was Johnny on the spot right there. <laughs> so here, here I, here's what I want you to see. What was I talking about before we got on Boss Baby? You don't know? Oh, yes. So life change. How many of you can name the last four messages I've preached? Okay, I made it easy, and some of you couldn't even remember storms. The last four messages I preached were about storms, and you can't even remember. I studied and fasted till my belly button fall off. You can see I'm nearly about to be blown away by the wind. You can tell I need seven cheeseburgers. You know, you get it. You don't even remember. But now let me ask you four people who've changed your life. That's much easier you immediately know people who have impacted your life. It's easy to think of four people who have impacted your life. You can't remember the last four messages I preached and they're all about storms. Because it's not enough to come and sit and listen. You need the tension, the friction, the reconciliation, the acceptance, the preference of one another that you might be fitly joined together into the body of Christ to make a difference in our city. And can the church say amen? That's enough fun. All right, stand up with me all across the house. Kids, we've got ice cream for you. We've got gift bags for you. Adults, I want you to commit to a group of people you carry in your heart. A small group is not a meeting. A small group has meetings. And you carry those people in your heart, whether or not you had a meeting that week. 
You connect with them. You check on them when they're sick. You, that's what a small group is. That's New Testament culture. Temple on Sunday, house to house during the week. All right. Got a baptism right now because First Church baptizes people. All right. Are we ready? Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.